You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. Are you ready to blab with me? Grab a front row seat as I adventure through motherhood, build my career, and not lose my shit. This podcast is a place for women to come together and relate through the highs and lows of business and motherhood, keep it real, and learn some new business tips and tricks while inspiring each other to do the dang thing. So close your eyes and take a deep breath, mama. You found us. It might not always be pretty, but you can count on one thing. We are in this hot mess together. Oh yeah, I'm so glad you're here to listen to the show, but make sure you check out everything else that Boss Ladies and Babies has to offer, like our mini episodes every Tuesday with quick business tips for the busy boss lady, our merchandise that will be relaunching soon, and all of our resources, coaching, courses, programs, and more over at bossladiesandbabies.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe that September is basically over. We are heading into the fourth quarter of the year. 2021 has flew by just as quickly as last year, if not quicker. And I just feel like incredible things keep happening for as hard as the things are in the world when it comes to business. This year has been so transformative for Boss Ladies and Babies, for the community, for myself as an entrepreneur, as a mother, as a woman. I cannot wait to see what this last quarter of the year is going to bring. I feel really optimistic. I feel really excited. I'm buzzing with energy because so many good things have happened in my business this year. And I'm really excited to see all of the amazing things happening in all of your businesses this year as well. So teaming up together to finish out this quarter strong is something I'm really excited about. I'm curious to see what all of your goals are, how you're going about achieving these goals. If you're having that honest conversation with yourself and pushing these goals off until next year, those are all wins in my book and I can't wait to see what we're going to do in the last three months of 2021. For this episode today, we are talking all about going for your dreams. My guest is an incredible woman that I cannot wait to introduce you to and her and I have such a vulnerable conversation about how to really go for those things that are important to you, how to notice signs from the universe, how to pay attention to what the universe is guiding you towards, how to keep going forward even when it feels like you're not making any progress. The timing of this episode couldn't be more perfect. We all have such big dreams and assessing those dreams and revisiting them and looking over them in the last quarter of the year is a great time to do that as we prepare for what we're going to do even next year. And for myself, I know that some really big dreams have been accomplished this year and episodes like this are just so inspiring and can really help you remember that if you have a dream, you can go for it. So I'm super excited to get into all of that and introduce you to our guest. But before that, You know, I'm going to hit you with our highs and lows, or my highs and lows for the week. And I mean, my high is really, really exciting. And you've heard me talk about it so much. You're going to continue hearing me talk about it because this is like one of the biggest things I've ever done in my life. Like this is one of those dreams that I thought was way further out in the future. That kind of just right place, right time happened for me. And I'm going to just keep talking about it because it doesn't even feel real. So my high, obviously, is our book was published. The Millennial's Guide for Working Parents has been published. I became a published author along with Mickey and our other co-author, Whitney Hawthorne. We are authors, and it is an incredible feeling. I was able to take my insight along my journey of figuring out how to be an entrepreneur, figuring out how to be a mother, and share what I've learned along the way in an actionable guide that other women and parents can read and implement into their own lives. That is a incredible feeling. It's incredible and feels really vulnerable to know that I put my mind out there on pages for people to pick up and read and implement in their own lives. I learned so much during this experience. If you listen to the episode where Mickey and Whitney joined me, 
You heard all about the process of writing this book. If you haven't listened yet, make sure you go check it out. But it just was one of the most incredible, challenging, exciting experiences that I've had in my career so far, and I'm so proud. So I am a published author. That is my high for the week, and I will be giving you more information on this episode and in episodes moving forward with how you can purchase the book, but basically it's on Amazon right now and soon to be wherever you buy your books. So that's my high. My low, totally switching gears here, (laughs) is uh, we signed Nora up for dance class and I worked really hard to find like the right place that was taking all the COVID precautions. A lot of places around here don't require masks for children Nora's age, which is not in the guidelines. And so, you know, I understand why they don't, but that's something that's important to us. And so I found a place that requires masks for all ages. I liked all of their COVID protocols. I got her signed up for the dance class. We went and did a trial class. She seemed to really like it. And so official fall enrollment happened for dance class. And so the first week, we missed it because she had just had her sleepover. She was incredibly tired. She told me she didn't want to go. She just wanted to stay home. So not going to force the kid to go. So she doesn't go. The next week rolls around and she's excited to go to dance class. We're all geared up. We go to our stroller strides workout. We pack up, head right to dance class and we're waiting to go inside and she has to pee. And so we have like the travel potty in the car and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we can pee, but you're going to have to get totally undressed because she had on a leotard and tights. She didn't want to do that. For some reason, that unleashed like the massive meltdown, screaming, yelling, could not get the girl to commit to going into the class. So finally, I somehow through staying calm, like figured out how to coax her out of the car. And I'm like, let's just walk by. And I'm like, okay, well, let's just go in and tell them you're not going to be here today. And I thought maybe once she got inside and saw her friends in there, she would remember, you know, that she loved it. Well, that didn't work. She did not want to do it. So we left and I did not have her go. I know that was probably just like a three-year-old being a three-year-old and having like a meltdown and just, you know, being like strong-willed, but it was really hard for me. I was like, oh my gosh, like she's antisocial. I'm messing her up. And I went down this like deep rabbit hole of mom guilt and just like all of the things because the girl didn't want to go to this dance class. So that was my low. Spoiler alert, she had dance class again this week. She went, loved it, everything was fine. But last week, that was tough. And it was almost funny that she enjoyed it so much this week because it was like, okay, cool, glad you loved it. Thanks for making me question my whole entire existence as a mother because you were being stubborn last week. Oh, she is my kid. But enough about that drama because I cannot wait to get into this episode for today. This episode is so inspiring and the guest that I had on just is the epitome of a boss lady. She started her career about 10 years ago as an intern for the Ellen DeGeneres show and now she's an executive podcast producer and host, a singer-songwriter, public speaker, writer, coach, and all-around creative. She's best known for working on and helping to create hit podcasts, such as Meaningful Conversations with Maria Shriver, Brene Brown's Unlocking Us, The Goop Podcast, Girl Boss Radio, Lauren Conrad Asking for a Friend, Yoga Girl Conversations from the Heart, and her own show, Unleash Your Inner Creative. As a singer-songwriter, she has been featured in People Magazine. She's played top venues, including The Viper Room, Hard Rock Cafe, House of Blues. She's worked with Grammy Award-winning producers, and she's had her song featured in multiple award-winning films. Last year, she spoke at the Pretty Thing Tour and Girl Boss Rally, and she's hoping to continue to do all this post-pandemic. She also has a new single coming that is everything. And I cannot wait for you to hear her tell us all about it and how she's gotten to where she is today. So we're going to take a quick break and then please help me welcome to the show, Lauren LaGrasso. Are you a millennial? Are you a working parent? Are you struggling to find the balance between 
business, parenthood, life, and everything in between, then keep listening because I've got something just for you. Millennials have been raised in a career-focused culture. As we start to become parents and navigate through our parenting journey, there's often worry that we'll no longer be seen as the professional and that we might lose the high-level thinking, respected side of ourselves to parenthood. This simply isn't the case, and the Millennials Guide for Working Parents helps millennials discover tools to balance business, life, and everything in between while being perceived as a total boss. Millennial parents are learning that they can have both. This guide was written by three powerhouse millennial working moms, myself included, who have cracked the code on being professional while parenting and taking control of their lives. It is possible to build your career, care for your family, and not lose yourself along the way. Are you ready to make this happen? This practical guide includes advice on overcoming the loss of your professional identity, strategies on how to become seen as the professional parent, tips for managing your time and working towards quote unquote balance, and a unique take on self-care and mental health. The Millennials Guide for Working Parents is now available on Amazon and soon to be wherever books are sold. It's time for this week's Boss Lady Business Spotlight. Meet Crystal Romalo Designs. Crystal Romalo Designs is here to help you with all of your customized and handmade items from tumblers to clothing, home decor, and so much more. Crystal is always here to bring your custom items to life, and you have definitely seen her work here around Boss Ladies and Babies. She loves creating that one-on-one personalized experience to make you feel involved in the creation process if that's your jam. Otherwise, give her your ideas and let her run with it. Check out Crystal's designs at crdesigns.online and use code THANKYOU10 for 10% off any item. Hello, Lauren. Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Honored to be here. Yes. I am so excited to have you on today. I cannot wait to hear all about what you've been up to, your story, and just like, I'm really excited to dig into how you got to where you are right now. And um, I know that my listeners are too. So I want to get into things right away. But before we do, introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are, what you do, what makes you a boss lady. Let's hear it. Yeah. So my name is Lauren LaGrasso. I grew up in the suburbs of Detroit and went to school at Michigan State University. I got a BFA in acting and a BA in communication. And now I live in LA. I am a multi-passionate creative, a singer-songwriter, a podcast executive producer and host, a public speaker. I do coaching. So kind of a little bit of everything. I also act. I originally came out here to act. I can tell you all about the twisted turns and how I got where I am. Um, But yeah, I, I love doing everything. And I would just say helping, you know, bringing my voice out into the world and helping other people bring their voice out into the world and feel seen and less alone is my biggest passion. Oh my gosh. Amazing. We love that around here. Like that is to me, what a boss lady is, is somebody who is just like going for their passions and helping others along the way. And I think that's just something that people can look up to and just feel so good, like feeling so good, interacting with you, hearing what you do, being inspired by you. So let's, let's get into it. So you have quite a amazing resume, right? And you're doing all of these things, which I'm just beyond excited to hear about all of this. Um, and I was telling you before we started recording that I've been doing a little bit of stalking, uh, online about who you are, because it just seems like everything that you have going on is so exciting. And it's just, it's so inspirational to like, look at everything that you're doing and you can really tell just by what you have going on and your presence online in general, that you are somebody who goes after what you want. And I think that that's really admirable. And the more people that openly talk about that, I love because it's not just like, oh, look at this person who has everything and their life is all put together, but they don't share like the path to where they got with where they are, which I think is amazing. So let's kind of hear like how you got here. How'd you get to LA? You said that you left Minnesota to tackle your career ambitions. So how did that even happen? Like, how'd you get started? 
Oh yeah. So it is a wild and twisted road. And thank you, first of all, for saying that it's inspiring because I think, and this is just a lesson for all of us, when you're in the thick of things, you never look at yourself as being anything other, like at least me, I'm always just like, how do I put one foot in front of the other? I never really zoom out and look at what I'm doing or like allow myself a moment. So it's really nice when someone reflects that for you. So thank yeah, you. I'm grateful. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Michigan, like I said, and then I went to Michigan state. I got a BFA in acting, a BA in communication. Um, I didn't know I was going to get two degrees. I thought I was just going to get a double major, but I realized toward the end of my college career that I had 147 credit hours and you only needed 150 to get those two pieces of paper. So I'm like, that's wow. a great scam. Why don't I apply for an internship? Cause I was really torn as to where I wanted to go, whether it was LA or New York. So at that point, all I wanted to do was act. I wanted to pursue acting. I wanted to be on a sitcom. I wanted to be on Broadway. That was my main career aspiration. But I thought, you know, it'd be good to get my foot in the door doing something that's at least adjacent to that. So I can kind of get a little bit of a learning and also finish out my degree in a really practical way. So I applied to an internship on the Ellen show. I applied to another one on the Sirius XM station, um, which was for the Broadway channel. And so I, I thought those were both like kind of good entry points. Yeah. I ended up getting the one on the Ellen show first and it paid the, the Broadway station got back to me too, but it was like a couple days later and it wasn't paid. So I moved to LA 10 days after I finished my um, last class at Michigan state. And I always say like, if you want to move somewhere, just don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> because if I had ever thought about moving here, I would have not done it. Uh, it's too scary. So I did it without thinking that was what worked best for me and hit the ground running. I was like on the WB lot every day toward the end of my internship there, which was four months. I ended up getting my first ever paid acting gig, and it was a big part, a main part on this small film. I got to join SAG through that. So I went home thinking. So this was right before Christmas break. Yeah. I went home thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to just come home for Christmas. I'm going to go back to LA and clearly I'm going to be a star because things just happen easily for me. Yeah. Well, that was not the case, my friend. <laughs> oh, no. I came back. It was Cricketsville, USA. I kept going on all these weird, strange auditions. Like I was applying for um, acting gigs wherever I could. Backstage.com, which is an acting website that you can go on and try to get a gig on. Actors Access. I had this um, interview with an agent. She canceled on me because like a goat broke the water main on her property, which I was like, Does, is this, am I getting punked right now? The, the auditions that I did get on, um, I couldn't tell if I was like, being uh like a, a plot to be murdered like it was like these were not good situations <laughs> so uh and and then my that agent that I did end up getting um left town without telling me so it was kind of like just one roadblock after another with acting and it really started breaking my heart so I started playing music and I had never written a song to this point in my life I was in my early 20s but I started really delving into the guitar and these songs, you know, in that state when you're in between awake and asleep at night, like you kick your foot and then you wake up. Yeah. So songs started coming to me. And so then I started putting them together with this music. I ended up um, getting together with this friend of mine, Jordan, and creating a duo called Lojo and the Truth. And within nine months of writing my first song, we had played all these big venues. I actually have the flyer right here from the first ever uh, show we played it. House oh of Blues. Oh my gosh, cool. <laughs> That's so cool. But, um, yeah, we played House of Blues nine months after writing our first song, Viper Room within a year, Hard Rock Cafe just a couple months after that. So it took off really fast because I had no prior attachment to music, like mm -hmm. songwriting. I had done musicals my whole life, but since songwriting was this fresh new thing to me, it wasn't like my whole self-worth hung in the balance. Right. And I really think that's why the acting thing didn't and couldn't work out my entire self-worth was tied to that. Mm -hmm. So if I had succeeded in that, no matter what, I would not have been happy because if I did good, I felt good about myself. If I did bad, I felt bad about myself. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I think the things you don't get are actually a blessing too. And I also believe the dreams you find on the way to your dreams can be even more powerful than your original intention. Yeah. But from the music thing, I, I told you it's a long story. Yeah, I'm from like, okay, music well, thing, so yeah, keep okay. going. <laughs> I ended up um, listening to Sirius XM on the way to all these gigs. And I had done some radio back in college, but kind of like kept it on the back burner. But I just started thinking, God, like I really want to work at Sirius XM someday. I want to work at Sirius XM someday. Down the road, I ended up getting this job at AfterBuzz TV as a host and producer. 
And I met the creators of AfterBuzz TV who actually ended up introducing me to this woman who created all the SiriusXM shows that I was obsessed with. She created a position for me at SiriusXM to um, associate produce and be on air with Maria Menounos for her SiriusXM show. I did that for a few months, ended up moving up to producer within a few months after that. And then I did that for about two years ended up moving to this company I'm at now, which is called Cadence 13, where I executive produce all these different amazing female shows from Glennon Doyle to Yoga Girl, Goop, everything under the sun. Um, And at that time, I also started putting out my own music finally, because I kind of took a hiatus on that because it took me a while to figure out how to be a producer. Yeah, it was a journey. Um, So I started putting out my own music and I put out my own podcast, Unleash Your Inner Creative, also started doing public speaking at this time and coaching at this time. So Little by little, I'm inching toward all of my dreams, but it's definitely been a journey. And I would absolutely say I am still in the thick of things. Yeah. And just imagine if when you had first moved to LA and like everything was unraveling perfectly for you, imagine if that hadn't, and you would have maybe went home on break, Christmas break and never went back. Right. And it's like, it gave you just like this little taste of, oh my gosh, your life is going to be so good. You're going to be such a success here but it just was in the, in a different line and a different path than what you thought it was. I love that, Megan. I never thought of it that way, but you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, I don't think I would have given up because my one, my one mentor always says Italians, that's a great thing about us. We're just too stupid to quit. And I do believe that's true, (laughs) but I think it would have been, I would have been much more depressed in going Mm -hmm. about that relentless moving forward. So you're, you're so right. What a, what a great insight. Yeah. Yeah. It just gave you like that little push that you needed. Like, this is going to be okay. You're going to be great. Like, I, I love that. And when we're in the thick of that too, like kind of what you were saying earlier, when you're in the thick of growing, you don't notice how you're impacting other people, but when we're in the thick of the universe, like throwing signs and things like that at us, we also don't notice. And it's just like a thing that happened in our life. And we're, you know, telling our story about it. And we're not really able to reflect on how amazing and how life-changing that might've been for our journey. I yeah. love that so much. Yeah, so, definitely. okay. So you've made them, you made the move to LA and you've been there for about 10 years now. 10 years just hit my oh 10 gosh. year anniversary, like a week and a half ago. How does that emotional. feel? Oh my goodness. I feel like being here 10 years is definitely an accomplishment. I was in a personal fight club with myself for like the, per- well, and also with LA. I felt like LA hated me. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, why don't you love me? I feel like, why don't you want me here? I'm trying so hard, you know? So I really resented LA because I think I couldn't detach LA from the industry. They felt so interconnected and LA is an amazing city. It's so diverse. I mean, it's amazing that in the same day you can hike a mountain, go swimming in the ocean, Mm -hmm. um, you know, stand under a palm tree. I mean, there's so much beauty on the food here. Don't even get me started. There's so much beauty here, but I couldn't disconnect the pain I felt at the distance between what I wanted to do and where I was. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was LA's fault. Like that LA was punishing me. But what I really realized is it was expanding me. It was teaching me who I could be, you know, like if I had just succeeded the second I got here with acting, I never would have been all these other things that I had to adapt to become, but that I like, if you would have told me in high school that I'd get to be a songwriter someday, I wouldn't have believed you. Like it brings tears to my eyes knowing that I get to do this thing that like music has been the most in like life-changing thing in my life. So the fact that I get to do that, like it blows my mind. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I just feel really emotional. I'm still trying to unpack all of how I feel, but I definitely feel like it's an accomplishment and I can finally say, I love LA and I think it loves me. Too. I was going to say, and LA loves you too. It sounds like. finally, finally. Yeah. Just a 10 year, a 10 year courtship. <laughs> so obviously it's been successful for your career and you're starting to feel good about your relationship with LA, but what about your personal life? Cause I love how in your bio, you said that you're single and thriving some days. So tell us about the thriving, tell us about the not so thriving moments and just a little bit about what single life has been in LA as you're pursuing these dreams? Like what keeps you going? So I was in a relationship for a really long time. I was in a relationship from 23 until 30. And, um, 
that was, it was beautiful in many ways, but in a lot of ways, it was very much kind of like parallel to my relationship with LA, lots of ups (laughs) and downs. Like there was a lot of love. I was really committed to it, but we had high highs and low lows. Mm -hmm. Um, So we broke up right before the pandemic. So it's been super interesting to go through this pandemic as a single person and get on the dating apps because those really didn't exist when him and I started our Mm -hmm. courtship. Um, And, and, you know, I definitely have dealt with my fair share of F boys out there, (laughs) you know, like guys, uh, I was talking to this guy for a really long time and, you know, because of COVID, we didn't meet in person for a long time. And then we finally met in person after like months of building up this kind of bond over text and calls and video calls. And then he kind of like, once it was real, just dropped off. Um, and there was like, we had like three dates, but I felt like pulling teeth to get him to share anything with me. So, you know, it's difficult when you're a deep feeling person. And I think that there's a lot of people out here, men and women with Peter Pan syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I guess I think the other thing that I really realized throughout the pandemic is the reason maybe I was like able to tolerate the the relationship that wasn't always so great was because I was so focused on my career mm-hmm. um, that I just figured like my other dreams, like my life dreams would fall into place. And what I've realized now is that my dreams of like having a divine partnership and having a baby someday are just as important to me as my career dreams. And if I don't prioritize those, they're not just going to fall down from the sky. God's not just going to lightning strike down a partner for me, you know? So really being intentional about it. And I think building up my own self-love, you know, that has been a big thing. Like, so I definitely, I dated my fair share of like, and like talked to my fair share of like weirdos and F boys and like (laughs) had some strange situations. But then when I decided, I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going to take a break from that for a minute. And I'm really going to learn to love myself. And I wrote down everything on a piece of paper I wanted in a partner. And I said, I'm going to be that for myself until Mm -hmm. I can find a person who can be that for me because, well, and also even after, because at the end of the day, if we can't, we can't give away what we don't have. Right. So I want someone to give that to me, but I also want to be able to give that to someone else. But if I don't know how to give it to myself, I can't give it to them. So even simple things, like I wrote down, like, I want my partner to bring me coffee in bed. So I would go make myself coffee and then like bring it to bed and, and drink it in bed, you know, and it's yeah. like one little kind thing to do for myself. So anyone who's listening, who's single or Um, even wants to deepen their own relationship. Like if there's things that you want from your partner that you're not getting from them, consider trying to give them to yourself and see how that changes your partnership. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I feel like we get so wrapped up in life that we completely can lose that connection with ourselves and with our partners. And I love the idea of just like taking care of yourself, which seems like that should be so natural to do, but we just don't do that. I, I love that. I'm like, I'm going to try that. That's such a great idea. It oh my works. Gosh, I love it. Yeah, it really works. Cause I, I recently, I'll tell you, this is a little exclusive. I recently, and we're not official, but I recently started seeing someone and literally like some of the things that I started saying to myself, he now says to me, it's not like I was like, Oh my God. This. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I, w- I would literally, there was a point, you know, back in like March or April when I was so lonely and I'd lay on the couch and I know this sounds corny, but I would actually hug myself That's not and corny. say, Hey, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. I believe in you. And literally we were sitting there on the couch the other day and he was like holding me. He was like, you're going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. I believe in you. And I'm like, like, that's creepy. How do you notice? (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. So it works. Yeah. Well, and just think like when you spend a lot of time with a person, right. You like start to talk how they talk or you pick up on their mannerisms. Like that's just human nature. And so when people around us see us acting a certain way towards ourselves, then it's just going to be human nature that they pick up on that, which I think is just like, we need to remember that a lot more often because obviously it's so positive and can really affect your relationships, probably personal and professionally, to be honest. Well, totally. Because if, if we love ourselves and trust ourselves, we're willing to put up with a lot less BS mm-hmm. and to ask for more of what we want. Because we believe that if somebody has an issue with our boundary or with our um, ask for what we want, then we know we can get it somewhere else because we believe in the person that we are and what we can do. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think, um, I'm still working on it. It's not like every day yeah. I wake up and I'm like, I love me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but being conscious of that has definitely changed my perspective and the way I interact with people who I'm potentially going to partner with my friends, mm-hmm. my family and my business. Yeah. I love that so much. Do you think it's been easier or more challenging when you're chasing your dreams as a single woman versus being in a long-term relationship? I think that the right partnership can propel your career in unbelievable ways. I think the wrong partnership can drag you down in unbelievable Mm -hmm. ways. So I think being single is certainly better than being in a bad or stagnant or just kind of like, what's that flatlined partnership, Mm -hmm. but, um, being single is not better than being in a divine partnership with someone who's like a true equal and who sees you for who you are and can help push you forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So we'll get back on the single thing in a little (laughs) while. Cause I do want to hear a little bit more about that, but I'm just like not over your journey to LA and all of this that you've been through. And I'm, I love stories like yours, you know, like what we were kind of talking about, how it was like just this little bit of success to keep you going. And you just kept going, right. Even when things weren't working out exactly how you thought. And it sounds like from what you're saying, you just kept putting yourself in the places where you wanted to be, even when it was not working out. And that's like, I'm a huge proponent of encouraging women to just make the ask to do the thing, to put themselves in the position to get to what they want. And that's actually a quality that I really pride myself on. And that I look to surround myself with other women who have, because asking for what you want, doesn't always necessarily get you what you want, but you're never going to know if you don't make that ask. And so many of us women are afraid to make the ask. And so I'm curious how you find the confidence to go for what you want, even when you hear those no's and how you keep putting yourself out there. Well, I think one thing is definitely letting yourself feel the disappointment of the no. Mm. So don't dwell in it. But if you avoid ever feeling disappointed, I actually think that the pileup of disappointments in your body that you never release is what keeps you from going toward another risk Mm -hmm. because you've reached your pain threshold. You've never released that pain and you can't take another step forward. Um, I actually think that's part of what happened to me with acting. Like I couldn't admit how painful it was. And so I just reached a threshold. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. It's going to kill me. So Um, And I don't think that that was a bad choice for myself at that time. And if this has happened to you, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but like being aware of it is important. Like I have come back to acting, but it's in a much healthier way now. Yeah. Um, But one thing I definitely do, and I'm disappointed is I throw myself on the ground. I'm not being dramatic right now. I throw myself on the ground, pound the ground, cry hysterically, gasp for air, like to the point where I'm like dry heaving, do this for about 10, 15 minutes. And then I'm on to the next, Nice, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, sometimes it's longer than that. Sometimes I let the disappointment go for a day, but the next day I get back up. But I think if I don't, I said one time I said this to my therapist, I'm like, why am I this way? Why do I do this? Like, what's wrong with me? She's like, that's just your process. So I think letting yourself process the feeling of disappointment is actually what helps you take the next step forward. The other part is loving yourself and believing in what you do. Um, When you know that you're capable of something, it's way easier. It's still scary to ask. Cause yes, you could always be rejected, but it's way easier to ask because you know that if they say yes, you can fulfill the call. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I think the other thing is like, why not you? I I've worked in this business for a long time. And I mean, regardless of the business you're in, um, if you're a good person who loves people and wants to give other people opportunities and wants to put work out, that's going to better the world in some way, we need you. We need you. There's so many people out there who just because of their blind confidence are getting opportunities, but they don't have any sort of like altruism in their heart or any sort of higher purpose. So if those people could make it, why shouldn't you? Like we need good people to make it and whatever they want to make it in now more than ever. So just knowing that your voice or your message or your product needs to be heard, seen, felt, um, and also because you inspire other people. So I think there's lots of things behind it. You know, one thing though, that it has been interesting lately is I'm like, have I really given my all to music? And I, I'm going to be honest with you, Megan, I haven't like, 
I've done a lot and I'm, I continue to go forward, but there's things like there's asks that I haven't made. Like I've never done like a broad, I've done everything indie so far. I've never like broadly submitted to all these managers or labels. So I'm like, you know what, maybe that's the next step. Like I've been afraid of that, but, and maybe part of that was necessary because I needed to find out who I was as an artist and kind of get a few songs out there and see how it worked. But maybe that's the next step because the same thing that got you to one level isn't going to get you to the next level. Mm -hmm. So you, you gotta kind of like really be honest with yourself and ask, okay, where have I been bold? Like, how did I do that? And how can I use this in this next step that I'm kind of hesitant or scared to take on? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, what you're saying about, I, I, there's like so many things I want to touch on what you just said, but what you're saying about the, why not you piece, I was just part of the seminar where there was a speaker named Aria Lighty, and she was talking about like taking the leap. And she was talking about when we look at people who have quote unquote made it, and we just like build this up in our head of like, look how amazing they are. They're doing all of these things. I could never do that. And they're just people just like us. Like each one of them has a story. Like maybe they started in Minnesota and traveled all the way to LA and, you know, grew their brand in a way that was their passion, but we don't look at that. And we, we get so afraid because we put all of these people that have quote unquote made it in our eyes on a pedestal. And that makes this huge giant fear for us to actually take that leap towards our dreams. And when I heard her talk about that, it resonated with me so much because that's something I'm really guilty of is watching people who have the things that I want around me and just thinking, well, they're just different than I am. And so mm -hmm. I could never get that. Right. And I feel like that's a common thing that even the most confidence confident of us can face. And just touching on that, I'm so glad that you said that because why not you, you know, why not? I mean, you have to put yourself out there and you have to have a certain amount of confidence, which I feel like, you know, things that you're saying, like practicing the self-love, feeling the disappointment, feeling your emotions all the way through, not just shoving things down. Those all build that grit and that confidence that you need to be able to put yourself out there, but it's still really, really hard. And then when you're able to put yourself out there, like really listening to what your dream and what your passion truly is. I want to hear a little bit more from you about, you know, how you're talking about songs were coming to you in that dreamlike state and how you, you know, you didn't really know necessarily that that was your calling, but it's like something in your body is telling you like, this is what your real passion is. This is what your real dream is. How did you listen to that? Yeah. Um, so, okay. I'm going to tell you a couple crazy things. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Um, one of them is wild and, and I'm sorry. I, I know that we have like more of a, like a PG moment going on here, okay. but I just have, is it okay if I tell a story about getting high? Yes, of course. Oh yeah. That's okay. Fine. So in college, um, this was like my senior year, right before I moved out to LA, um, I was supposed to sing at this award convocation at my, uh, college of arts and letters, which was this, the theater school's little college within Michigan state. And I thought it was supposed to be at 5 PM. <laughs> And uh, I was all excited. I even tweeted about it that day. I'm like, come see me and my friends. I tagged my friends singing at this at 5 p.m. I checked the email one more time just to make sure I had all the details down. And it said, be there at 2.50. Now at this point, it's like 3.15. Oh, no. I'm like, that's weird, huh? I call everyone. No one's answering. I finally get a hold of the piano player who's going to play the song with me. And he goes, you forgot. Oh my gosh. As like, I was on the Dean's list every semester. Like I was like a perfect student. Basically I was freaking out. I cried hysterically because this was the last thing I was ever supposed to do in college. Oh this is gosh. the way I'd be remembered as they called my name. Cause this is literally what happened. They called my name. No one walked up to the stage. So, um, I was hysterical inconsolable for hours. Then finally my friend, Michael, who happens to be a bit of a pothead <laughs> and a wonderful human being called me and calmed me down. So he came in and picked me up and, um, I had only like ever tried cannabis one time to this point, but he like brought me to his dorm room and I'm like, just give me some of that. So <laughs> I ended up smoking way too much. I had five hits off a water bong, which for like a second time smoker is way too much. I hit the ground. I was like, <laughs> I was very nervous. We went on a walk all through campus. I like made Michael hold my hand. And I'm like, if you don't talk to me, I told him not to talk to me. I told him if we don't eat ice cream, I'm going to die. And then <laughs> 
I sang every thought I had for two hours straight. Oh, and I kept saying, and this is how, like, I'm kind of like putting a pin in this. I kept saying, this is the real me. This is the real me. I had never written a song to that point. Okay. Then a couple of weeks later, I kept getting this hit that I was supposed to play guitar. I carried this guitar around all throughout college with me. I had it since I was 19. I tried playing it before. It never really worked for me. And then I kept getting this hit, like, you're supposed to play it. Like I kept it in my closet. You're supposed to play it. I'm like, ah, whatever. I'm not going to do it. Maybe later. I woke up one day and there were two picks on the floor of my bedroom. I have no idea how they got there. No one in my apartment played guitar. No one who like none of my friends who'd been over played guitar or had picks. They were just laying there. I took the picks to the guitar, started learning chords online. Suddenly I was able to play. Wow. Like it wasn't like I was, you know, you know. A, a prolific, like I wasn't Santana, but it was, I was playing chords without totally muting them and botching it. Yeah. And so, um, anyway, then when I moved to LA, it kind of like, I didn't really focus on that, but it was, you know, through the heartbreak of these acting jobs that, that started coming to me. And when the song started coming to me at sleep, that was my sign. I was like, okay, I get it. God, like I'm supposed to do this. I'm going to do it. And mm-hmm. so then I just started following that. And it was like this, um, this dam had been built up inside of me all these years. And then suddenly whatever it was like the timing, I think the heartbreak cracked it open Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden all this creativity was rushing out of me. And yeah. Um, I think looking back, there were so many signs. I mean, when I was little, I was like making up songs, but no one in my family was a songwriter. I didn't really know songwriting was a thing. Um, I like people thought I was just being weird. I also like wrote songs like just in my head, but it wasn't until I actually had that guitar that I felt like Mm -hmm. I could claim the label. Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. No, definitely. I, yeah, (laughs) I, I feel that really on a deep level because it's, it's really challenging to understand like these things that are popping up for us. Right. I kind of talked about this already, but it just, for me, it took me a long time to actually figure out what my thing was. Right. I was always feeling like everything that I did in my career, you know, I was good at it, but I never felt like I was the best. And I always had this feeling like there's something else. Right. But Mm -hmm. I never really knew what it was. And I talk about this a lot to my audience, but I had a really hard time, like quieting the noise of life to feel that nagging that was really inside of me and really what my passion was. And when I, when I was finally able to quiet everything down during the pandemic, I had to take a huge step back from my real grown up career. <laughs> and I was able to actually listen. And it was in that moment where everything just started pouring out of me. And it was like, it was like, it boiled over, right? Like this passion had been boiling up in the background for years. And when I was able to finally quiet down and pay attention, it boiled over. And it's just like, we spend so much time, like, what's my thing? What's my thing? I know there's more, but we don't really listen. And when we can actually just listen to that thing inside of us, it's, magical what can happen when we can finally figure out what our passion is so everything that you're saying I'm just like yes I feel that so much I feel that so much and encouraging like anybody who's listening right now if you don't feel like passionate about what you're doing if you don't feel like you found your thing trying to take that step back and just quiet the noise and really listen because your body is trying to tell you and it's within you yeah definitely and I think it's interesting that you found it during the pandemic because like for so many, I mean, for pretty much everyone, this is like a near death experience that cracked us open. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, the reason I think I found music was because I was cracked open because the thing that I thought I was, the thing I'd wrapped everything up in was being withheld from me. Mm -hmm. And it felt like ripped away from me. Like the dream that I thought I was meant to live was ripped away. And so I had to find I had to find something else to fill up that crack. And it was like, there was just this thing that was waiting there. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I ever would have had I not been so heartbroken. So I hope, I hope that you listening don't have to go through that level of heartbreak, but I do think if you are going through some sort of heartbreak and you're feeling lost right now, it might just be that life is trying to create a space for you to really find your truer self. Mm, I love that. I'm like, that sink in for a second. 
That's beautiful. That was really beautifully said. I love that. Okay. So I wanted to just kind of pick your brain on smaller, like actionable items that people could do right now when they're going towards their dreams. Like we've talked a lot about steps that they can do within their lives. And a lot of people listening are kind of at home moms or working at home moms and, you know, uprooting and moving somewhere else can feel really, really scary and maybe a little bit too drastic, like right now. So for people who are listening, who feel like they want to go for something that is a big dream of theirs, what kind of smaller tips that they could do today would you give? So first of all, I think you're amazing that you've got a little human that you're taking care of and you're going after your dreams. And I think what a beautiful example, because I, I, now that I produce Glennon Doyle's podcast, like I'm much more familiar with her work. And one thing she said that I always think about is how can I tell my child, like, do whatever you want, go after your dreams if I'm not doing it myself. Mm -hmm. So I think about that because that was one part of why I really have like delayed the whole idea of having besides the partner not being there, but like <laughs> delayed the idea of having a kid was because I'm like, I have to get everything I, and I want done by the time I have a baby. So yes. I don't think that's true for two reasons, because of what Glennon said about like pursuing your dreams as being like the example for the kid. And then they're going to see that and know that it's possible for them. The other thing is on my podcast, Unleash Your Inner Creative, I've interviewed a lot of moms who are business owners, actors, singers, everything in the world that you can imagine, like that's a creative outlet um, and very successful. Every single one of them has had the greatest amount of success post-child. Mm. So I think that's really inspiring because first of all, they become your why. Second of all, um, you don't have time for stupid things anymore because you just don't have time. So I think that that's really encouraging. So I just wanted to say that off the bat. The yeah, other that. thing is, just take little steps. Like it doesn't have to be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to raise a hundred thousand dollars today and start my business tomorrow. Mm -hmm. One thing I try to do with my music because my time is really limited, but I want to continue to move forward. Um, is every day I do something that's creative to help me grow as an artist. And every day I do something that is business oriented to help me grow as an artist on the business end of things. Mm. So I think if you can just do that, so like put one step forward toward whatever your dream job is or your business or your project um, in the more creative side, and then one step forward in the business side, even if it's just sending out an email to see if someone wants to collaborate with you, these things make a huge difference. And then at the end of the week, that's how many is that 14 actions you've taken mm -hmm. to further yourself and you start out there. And then once you start making those little steps, you're going to have time to, and, and probably resources to take the bigger steps as well. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That's great advice. And I think just to add to that, and I'm sure, I mean, we've everything we've covered so far just really proves this. You don't have to have everything figured out before you get started. I feel like oh. that's so common. Like even like with what you're saying about with having a baby, right. Feeling like you have to have everything figured out before. And that's just so common and it's just not necessary or realistic because then you'll end up in a place where you never get started on whatever it is that you're figuring out before you do it. <laughs> right. And I mean, like, what was I really thinking? Like, I'm going to have everything figured out and then I'm just going to stop. Like that was never going to happen. I so. felt that way too. When I, my daughter's three now, and like, we kept pushing back having a child because we were like, no, we want to do this and this. And we want to do this. It's like, we were trying to live our entire life, like personally and professionally before we had yeah. And then it, yeah, just, yeah, that's... just strap her to your chest and keep going. I mean, <laughs> exactly. that's good. And I'm an only child. So my parents just took me everywhere and I loved it. Mm -hmm. So I think about that a lot too. And not to say you can't do that with multiples, but it's like right. pretty easy. easy when it's just one, you just strap it to your chest and keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yep, it's not easy, but it's like more feasible. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I want to hear a little bit more about this, like F boy situation. <laughs> You've been saying that you've dealt with a lot of them and yeah. you have actually a new release coming out on national F boy day, which I didn't even realize was a day. So like, why do yes. they have their own day? They've worked hard. They deserve it. They have worked tirelessly <laughs> to screw women over and confuse them with their lack of emotional availability. And I, for one, just want to say 
Bravo guys. You've really done it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (sighs) Okay. So this is coming out on October 4th. I want to hear about this new release. I want to hear where you got the inspiration for it. Like, tell us more about this. Yeah. So, uh, this song is definitely, it's about a kind of a culmination of a bunch of different things, but I was, I've dated a couple people who, um, definitely lacked emotional availability, who, who made me feel like, oh, this could really be something. And then rip the rug out from under my feet, even though like I was doubting it in the beginning. Um, they, they like made me think it was going to be okay. Like pursued me. And then it was like, Bye. So um, I, I think it's really about what happens when we don't come to a relationship in integrity. Like I do it in a very tongue in cheek way. I mean, the first lyric is pretty little boy with your big, big toy, love to F a girl and leave her on the street. You know, yes. it's, it's very, it's very funny, but it's also like, I mean, this, the second verse gets into um, therapy and mental health. It's like, I got so sick of hearing these guys being like, oh yeah, she was crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, maybe you just um, like were intimate with her and told her all these things. And then um, she reacted in a normal way and then you couldn't handle it. So you had to deem it as crazy and run away. Yes. So the second verse is, you blame all the chicks, say that we are sick instead of working on your own mental health. I'm just, I, I think if we could all just work on ourselves before getting into relationship with each other, these problems wouldn't exist. And I take accountability in the song too. You know, I'm like, I'm not saying I'm blameless. I never mm-hmm. should have let you in. You know, so I think it's about coming to a relationship more intentionally. Like that's the, that's the higher purpose. But in the meantime, just talking about how funny and screwed up dating can be, especially um, when you, when you end up falling for someone who just doesn't have it in them to give you anything. Oh my gosh. Yes. I feel like this is the song that we all need. (laughs) I'm really looking forward to this. Amazing. And so that's dropping on October 4th and where can people find it? It's going to be everywhere good music is found and um, you can get it at this uh, link called it's ffm.to slash pretty little boy. I also have that at the link in my bio at Lauren Lagrasso. And, but you can also just like go to spot it after the fourth, you can go to Spotify, Apple music, wherever you get your music and download it from there, stream it. Definitely give me a follow. That's one of the best ways to support an indie artist is following them on Spotify or whatever music streaming platform you use really ups the consideration for playlisting and just helps us look more legit in the world. So yeah, yeah. I, but I really think people are going to love it. I mean, honestly, I love it. It's so relatable. And, um, (laughs) I mean, yeah, just makes me laugh. Yeah. I'm excited. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I've been married for a while now and I've been with my husband for quite a while, but I just remember like the dating and just the jerks out there and just like always feeling like it was my fault or I did something wrong when it really it just was like they were f boys I don't even think that was a thing back then and one thing about my husband that I loved is he's he's quite a bit older than me he's like five years older than me and every time we went on a date he would say like when can I when can we do this again let's set up the next date and for me that was like who are you like who is this mature person which is just like a normal thing. I feel like people should do give some reassurance, let people know you want to see them again, not just like play these games. So, oh man, I remember those days. No, totally. I mean, I just think the issue is that like people feel dead inside and instead of being like, oh, perhaps I should go get therapy or, or like do a prayer or a meditation or start journaling to address these feelings of I feel empty. They're like, you know what I should do? Go have sex with someone and then not call them back. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's going to make me feel much better. (laughs) That's going to work out for you and for the other person, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I think we all need to take accountability. Yes. We need to take accountability for what we're willing to accept, but we also need to take, we need these guys to take the accountability that like, perhaps the fact that they've been saying women are crazy for all these years is actually really a reflection and a projection on something that's going on within them mm-hmm. that they need oh, yeah. to address. Yeah. And hopefully if they hear your song, they'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I love guys. I'm not one of those. Like, I think we need men in order to gain equality. Like I'm all for amazing empowered men, but 
not these pretty little boys. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. Okay. I cannot wait. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Mark in the calendar. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to switch gears a little bit. I have loved this conversation so much. I feel like we're so in sync with a lot of these things and just like vibing. I love talking about this kind of stuff. I feel like it's so important and I've just really appreciated everywhere this conversation has went, but something that we do on the show for every guest is hot mess moment, right? So yes, life can be inspirational and we can have all of these great stories, but every single one of us has been a total hot mess. And so this is your chance to confess a time where you've been a complete hot mess. Okay. I've never said this publicly before. And I will tell you, I warned you before we recorded, it's quite gross. So if you've just eaten, maybe pause and come back to it once you've digested, but here we go. So I, back in 2015, had a call back for a musical and, um, it was like a really serious part. This woman was singing about like longtime familial trauma and getting through it. And so anyway, I really wanted to do a good job. It was an awesome show. It was at the Autry, which is like a beautiful venue here in Los Angeles. And so that morning I made sure that I ate sensibly because I try not to have milk products the day of any sort of audition where I'm using my voice. Mm -hmm. So I think I had eggs and I know I had a lot of sauerkraut. I like I bought this little thing of sauerkraut at the, um, the farmer's market the day before. And I think I ate like half of it thought it was a great time to do it. I also drank a ton of water. So I like to get to the audition, any audition I have, any kind of work thing I have really early. So I got there really early. And whenever I have a lot of extra time, I call my mom and talk with her. Cause I know I can, if I need to go fast, she won't be offended. And yeah. I just like talking to my mom. It's always comforting. So I call my mom <laughs> and like almost instantly upon calling her, I feel something happen in my body. Oh no. <laughs> And I go, mom, I got to go. Something terrible has happened. I think she thought I was dead or something, but I hang up with her. (laughs) What happened was I thought that people talking about pooping themselves was like a fake thing. I'm like, no one who's an adult poops themselves. That's ridiculous. Well, unfortunately I found out it was all too true because that day without any, so much as a laugh or a push or a bend over stuff evacuated from my behind and I did not have a change of clothes. And I had to go into this audition and saying, I didn't have enough time to get back home. So thank God it was like late February. So it was still cool enough to wear tights in LA. I had tights on that day. So I went into the bathroom. I had to throw away the underwear. They did not make it on the journey. Um, but there wasn't enough damage where it had like leaked through to the tights, which I'm so sorry. I know this is so disgusting. So I had to put the tight, I threw away the underwear, put the tights back on. I was wearing a dress, um, went in and did the audition and just prayed that they didn't make me do a kick or anything because I would have been so screwed. They would have seen my whole womanhood. So that was definitely a hot mess moment. And I guess my takeaway for you is please, please, please never eat half of a container of sauerkraut on a big day. Oh my gosh. Okay. That is too good. Also just like, how did you just shake that off and walk up there? Like true professional. Like, <laughs> I don't know that I did, but maybe I channeled it. Like the, the, instead of like the, uh, the familial trauma, I was just feeling the trauma of having just done something I hadn't done since I was a baby. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You were channeling the trauma. Okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's too good. I love it. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm sorry to everyone listening. Oh my gosh. No, they they're used to it. My, uh, old co-host for the show, she's obsessed with talking about all things poo. And it's so funny because I'm like, so embarrassed by that kind of stuff. And so we've had like some really good poop stories on here. You know, I am too. Like, I actually generally don't like this, but I'm like, I can't think of anything that's more of a hot mess than that story. So it's hilarious. I mean, it it is. And it's like, Hey, a lot of people have been there. And like, if you haven't, maybe you'll be there one day. So yes. Welcome to the club. We embrace you. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this has been so fun. Thank you so, so much for coming on. I'm so excited to know you now and follow along with everything that you're doing. Please tell everyone where they can connect with you. So definitely I'm probably most active on Instagram. I'm at Lauren LaGrasso, L-A-U-R-E-N-L-O-G-R-A-S-S-O. And that's my handle everywhere. So I'm on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. I'm trying to build out on there. One other thing I'll say is if you're making reels, 
Whether it's my music or any other indie artist's music, please consider using an indie artist's music in a, like, um, in, in, instead of using like some big famous song. I know mm. it's so tempting and fun to use a, a famous song, but what you may not realize is that we make money every single time that plays. So oh. if your reel goes viral and it plays a hundred thousand times, not only are you bringing incredible and valuable visibility to an indie artist, but you're also helping support their career, which it gets increasingly harder to make money as an indie in the music industry. So Please consider using my song or any indie artist songs you like. I have five out after Pretty Little Boy. I'll have six out. Um, I'm definitely going to be doing a lot of fun marketing campaigns to surrounding Pretty Little Boy and F-Boy. So feel free to participate in those and connect with me. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, following on Spotify would be a huge help. You can find me by searching Learn the Grasso. You can also check out my podcast, Unleash Your Inner Creative, and that's available wherever good podcasts are found. And um, yeah. I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I do coaching on the side. I do creative and media coaching. So if anyone's interested in a session, feel free to reach out on IG and we can talk about that there. But love this time with you. You're so warm and so open. And I love what you're doing to help people and super grateful for you. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. The feeling's mutual. Well, make sure you go follow Lauren. Check out everything. Stay tuned for October 4th. I'm so excited. And until next week, you've got this mamas, stay bossy. Thank you for listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. If you like this episode, be sure to rate, review, and leave us some feedback. Make sure you follow us on social at Boss Ladies and Babies. Join the conversation in our private Facebook group and check out everything we have to offer like community, coaching, merch, and more at bossladiesandbabies.com. And until next time, stay bossy.